just hand it to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to court. You must say these words. Clatu, Marada, Nicto. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Watcher, episode number 143. You guys are out there looking at your feed wondering why it's Saturday, that's because we are going to talk about Riddick a little bit more. You guys check out a few episodes we did, we did the Pitch Black, and we also did Riddick, the third film in the series. We're going to cover the two middle stories, and of course today we're going to do a mini episode talking about the animated Dark Fury. I'm Corey Shretton. Joining me as always, my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Hello, Corey. Good to be here, man. Glad we could do this. I'm, I'm excited about this because, like I said, I never saw the second film, and, and we neither of us have seen this animated short. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wish I had watched it when it came out. <laughs> it would explain a lot more. <laughs> it would. All right, before we talk about that, head on over to scifiwatcher.com slash donate right now to see how you can help out the show. Many different ways you can help us out. Head on over right now, scifiwatcher.com slash donate. So the full title of this is, and I love talking about the titles, The Chronicles of Riddick, Dark Fury. Uh, starring Vin Diesel, of course, is Riddick. Rihanna Griffith plays Jack. Uh, Keith David is Imam. I'm not going to say the rest of his name. Roger L. Jackson is Jenner. Tress McNell is Antonia Chillingsworth. Nick Chindle is Tombs. And I did not know this. Dwight Schultz played the Skiff AI. Ooh. You know who Dwight Schultz is, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Barkley from Next Generation, of course, you know, H.M. Murdoch from the A-Team back in the 80s. Yeah, I couldn't, I did not believe that was him. I was like, wow. He needs uh, to work, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Peter Chung. Of course, the story is by David Tuhu, which, of course, we knew that. And the screenplay was done by Brett Matthews. Released on DVD June 15th, 2004. 35 minutes long. Now... I, I like the fact that this takes place right after Pitch Black. I do too. Um, because, you know what, I always, I never looked this movie up and I wish I did because it explains that gap between Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because to me, the end of Pitch Black was kind of like, you know, it's like it left it open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like how how's it going to go? What's going on? Is he going to how they get them? off the planet? What happens after that? Yeah, because we know they got off the planet and that, and that one ship and that was it. And then you know I hit play on this and like awesome. This this literally picks up right there. Yeah, so you could watch this Dark Fury and the Chronicles Rick and they would just kind of seam together. Yeah, because um, I'm watching this and I'm like obviously that Tombs character comes back in you know the next film. How do you know that? Well, first of all, it felt like it, and then I looked it up, and he's in the next film. Okay. I didn't want to tell you that unless you knew it, but... Okay. I, w- I went online, and I actually looked up the Chronicles of Riddick franchise to see which characters were in which after the fact, and I'm like... Because I'm like, oh, he's got to be in the film. Because it just... It would have felt incomplete. He's just there, oh, yeah, this isn't the end. I'm, I'll be after you, and blah, blah, blah. It's like... I mean, yeah, this was basically a, you know, a follow-up to the first film in a prequel to the next film which is great yeah it helps bridge the gap yeah you know i'm, I'm you know before i watch this i'm thinking oh okay this, this is going to be 
you know, nothing related to anything. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is canon. This just totally fits in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, this, you know, this should have come out like with like the, the DVD for the Chronicles of Riddick. You know, I mean, it's standalone, but you sh- if, you, if you put the Chronicles of Riddick on DVD, this should have been on the disc. I agree with you. It shouldn't be a separate thing. No. I'm, in all honesty, I think it, it would have turned people off. You know, like, oh, yeah. The, the first film came out, it was like a few years later, like, oh, okay, they got this little 30-minute cartoon. I'm well, I mean, when I was watching Chronicles, which we're going to talk about, but Tomb's character was on there, and I was like, why does he know him? And, you know, I didn't put two and two together. I Wait. just thought this Dark Fury was something totally, completely separate, you know? Yeah, that was, that's what I was expecting when I went into this. Yeah. Yeah, so, so now you go, oh, okay. That answers questions. Yeah. You know, I, I do like that. Um, the story was pretty good. Um, and they got all the, char- all the uh, original cast to, vo- to voice it. Yeah. Which was good. I never like watching those animations and they're some of the uh, somebody else's voice, you know, that sounds similar. That turns me off. So. Well, I mean, the fact that they got Vin Diesel to do it right there was a big thing. You, even you watch the credits in huge letters, Vin Diesel. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like that. Whenever you see that, especially something like this, you're like, oh, it's a cheap knockoff. They want to make a few bucks off of it. They'll mm-hmm. use the characters, but they get other actors to try to recreate the voices. And you're like, you know, it's not them. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love the whole scene where uh, the ship gets caught and it, it's brought inside. And I like the fact that they use, you know, this part of the ship has like anti-gravity. They're floating in space, mm-hmm. you know, which is not something you see often in, in like movies and stuff in outer space. Always, so you know, with TV shows and stuff or uh, movies, it's like, OK, well, we'll put fake gravity in there so we don't have to put strains on them and all that stuff. But, you know, animated, you got a little more freedom with but I love the oh, whole yeah. idea when they open up the ship that there's all this uh, um, fire extinguisher foam in there that's coming out, and they hide in the foam. They hide in the foam, but you could shoot through the foam. So that's why I was like, just yeah. keep shooting. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if they shot through the foam because there was one point where the kid was popping her head out. And the I guy, know, but I mean, nobody was shooting at the foam. And I'm like, if it's foam, bullets would just go right through. Unless it was a thick enough phone i don't i mean yeah if it was thick enough you figure you couldn't move through it yeah but i i love the fact that riddick's in there and he's grabbing the people that were like in the edge of the foam and just pulling them and you just see blood streaks going yeah that's pretty cool yeah i mean i mean i love that whole whole fight scene at the beginning and uh and the head and the fact that the the guy what was his name the weird was he a doctor or something like that the weird is Juner that guy? I think, yeah, I think it's Juner. You think he's the boss, but you find out it's that, that Antonio woman mm-hmm. who's actually the leader. You know, it's one of those, oh, I like that little twist in it. Yeah, I didn't expect that either. And her weird, quote unquote, statues. You know, they weren't statues. They were, the people were like, like some, the time had slowed down for them on the outside, but their their minds were still like working normal time inside. That was trippy. And that's, that's like probably the worst. That's worse than being imprisoned, I think. Yeah. You know, they touch it because you could actually touch the flesh and stuff like that. But they talk about how it takes like a week for them to blink or something like that. It's like, that, that's pure hell. And then one of the statues had a thing that said Killer of Men Furia on it. Ooh, I missed that. Yeah, go back and look at that. I was like, okay. Like, who is that? What, what does that mean, you know? 
Well, so, I'm not going to say anything else because it will be revealed. Well, Fury is the planet that Riddick's from. There's more backstory there. Okay, don't tell me the backstory, but I mean, we talked about it in the third film. So it's yeah. like, okay, maybe there, I was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, I was like, oh, wow. It's weird that they have the uh, mercs on ice, you know, pretty much. I think it's to save on food and, and well, oxygen. I, I've never seen anybody, I've never seen that done in other movies, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a different, different take on it. Yeah. You know, and, and plus you don't have to draw as many people either. So the ship could be more empty. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the people are put in a cryostase state. Their mind thinks and feels, but their body like ages slowly. We're back. We're talking about the statues, right? Yeah, the statues. I'm, I'm reading my, my things in order here and it's like bouncing back and forth. Yeah. And then that whole thing where, where they took the, uh, the old guy and the girl and they put them on these balls and they had them like had nooses around their neck. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. And, uh, how Riddick has to fight these weird, uh, I thought they were machines, but there's some weird squid like creatures. They're kind of a mix between organic and, 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 uh, machine. Yeah. They're called shrillers, you know, and it's, it, they, they were kind of interesting. They look like they inject some sort of poison or something in your body. Now what's this skiff AI you were talking about? I don't know. That's what the credits said. I know, but I didn't see that point. Maybe it's like the computer talking. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. It must have been something real quick. I didn't really notice it, and I'm, re- I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, okay, I thought I would have noticed that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that Riddick got, you know, he's kind of uh, held their prisoner. They put, they put like a little explosive device inside his neck. Oh, right. So yeah, he can get away and... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love the idea at the end there when he, he destroys the creatures, he takes the knife, stabs it into his neck to pull out the the device before she could explode it. I'm like, first of all, you knew once she put the she put the little um trigger down, you're like, okay, that was the dumbest thing you ever did. But I still think it would have been a little bit harder than they showed to find the device. I mean, because he's just like perfectly yeah. hit well, the spot. Well, <laughs> it was probably still sore because the guy injected it right into him when he was awake too, so Right. You knew, you know, I mean, you probably still could feel it. It wasn't that long after. And they got this other weird creature that they had sent loose to chase him, too. It was like part machine, part organic. Oh, that big creature? Yeah. Which, like, like fed on blood or something like that. Scented blood. Because they, remember they had, like, a stick on, of blood in front of him? I don't know if it was, like, like a bloodhound type of thing where he, that was Riddick's blood or something. I didn't know whose blood that was because I was curious about that, too. Because they didn't, you don't see them cutting cutting Riddick open to get blood out of him or anything. So I was trying to figure that out. But the, but I didn't understand. They 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 let him go, but they also had all these other um, mercs thought out to chase Riddick too. Well, the the part that uh, is a continuity thing for me. She the the head lady there said release all the mercs. Yeah, and they only released like four. Like I know, I was thinking, okay, it's gonna be hundreds of mercs or something like that. Like, yeah, I was waiting for a hundred mercs because I saw a hundred mercs back there. Yeah, and they didn't show mercs on any part, other parts of the ship. It was just those four mercs chasing him. That's what I'm right. But didn't she say like release them all? Yeah, she did. And they had four. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe that's just I don't know. They didn't want to have to animate that many mercs. <laughs> they must. It must have been Riddick's blood they they had because you remember. The, the the mercs had found oh he did get shot he gets shot in um the shoulder right yeah he did get shot you're right 
And then he um, he actually cut himself, and I don't understand that part of it. Yeah, so it's interesting a trail to lead them away from um, Amon and Jack. Right, and that and that's why he took his shirt off and put it on the ground too, because it probably had the scent of his blood on it. Because that's when the Merc showed up and grabbed the shirt, and all of a sudden the creature comes behind them, and they're like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. But then this Riddick comes falling down from like above the ceiling and like kills the creature. It's like, come on, that's a little too perfect. Yeah. But I would. That's something I would expect him to do. Yeah, and of course the final fight, he, Riddick promised what he was going to do to the guy. He said he was going to put a knife in his eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you knew that was going to happen. He said at the beginning, I'm like, okay, we know that scene's going to come eventually. I mean, that's kind of his trademark. He says something and it kind of follows through with it. Mm-hmm. Just like the third one we watched where he's like, um, he told the uh, female Merc. Mm-hmm. I forgot what he said. Somebody, you're gonna, something you're gonna, clever. Yeah, something about sitting on my lap or... Yeah. Yeah, and of course it happens at the end. You're right. Um, he meant, I mentioned like when he dropped his shirt, remember he took his black shirt off. Mm-hmm. He picked it up like, I'm not wearing that again. And the next scene you see him wearing it. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Do you remember him picking up the black shirt going, I'm not wearing that. I do remember that distinctly. You're right. And then like the next scene, he's like, he's wearing the shirt again. And then, then of course, I, I thought it was kind of weird. The lady, which she looked like she was screwed up in the head. I was like, what happened to the, to the, to the boss lady? Cause she looked like, she was infected or something. Did something happen to her that I don't remember seeing in the earlier scenes with her? I don't know. Because she looked strange at the end there. I don't know what it was. Because she comes out and she shoots Riddick, and of course he's not dead. And the kid grabs the gun and kills her. Blows her head off. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Which kind of sets you up wondering like, what's going to happen to this kid. You know, she, she, you know, she killed somebody now. Is she going to change? Um, that was kind of mentioned in there at the end there. Amon said something like, you know, she's she's going to be like you or something like mm-hmm. that. She's going to try and be like you. Right. So protect her kind of thing. Yeah. And it looks like he's taking them to New Mecca Helion Prime and dropping them off there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we, <laughs> yeah, you know something I don't know yet, obviously. I, I can't say anything else. I know. I will watch it this week, and I'll be like, oh, good. That answers that question. And, of course, like I said, I knew Tombs had to be in the next film because he's on the, the last scene was him on the big ship, and he's like, They're, we're not done. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. And I think the same guy did the voice. It is. It is the same guy. Okay. That's the one thing so, I really like is they get the same actors. I think maybe they already had you know, Chronicles of Riddick in place. Mm-hmm. And then they approach this Peter Chang to, to draw out the middle, you know. It could be because you know David Tui wrote this story. I mean, he didn't do the screenplay because it's animated. They had the other guy. I think do they it. were they were going to have tunes in the Chronicles of Riddick, and maybe they didn't have enough time to to play out the story in the real movie because there there's an alternate storyline in, in the second movie. So true. So, but it's yeah, like, oh, I'm not going to have time for this. Hey, can you animate this? <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was great that they did this. I mean, it's the one, the one thing I didn't like is the final um, fight scene when Riddick is fighting that that other dude. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look like it flew. Uh, it was very fluid. Right. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the first fight. I think because the first fight scene was so epic, it was this one was like uh, okay. Yeah. But all in all, I thought this was great. Yeah, I enjoyed the art style. I think Peter Chang is the influx uh, guy. I and, I and I really think 
that you know if you, if you watch the films you should watch this yeah definitely this is I wish I had <laughs> but like I said you know you look at it like oh it's a 30 minute direct to dvd animated thing it's like uh, not really interested. I mean, the only only thing that would lure you to watch this, unless you're a diehard Riddick fan, is the fact that Vin Diesel does the voice. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, Vin Diesel's doing the voice, so it must be something about it. But there's like a you, whole other universe too. I mean, um, there's two video games that uh, one is called Escape from Butcher Bay, uh-huh. and it's a prequel to both of these. It it tells you how he got his shined eyes. So, so there's really a huge universe for Riddick out there. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. If you if you're a fan of Riddick at all, and you've seen the films, you definitely should check out Dark Fury. Oh yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we went back <laughs> and watched this. To be honest with you, and I think you're happy too. Now that you know, like, oh, the second film makes sense to me. Well. It, it, they it made sense already, but it just filled in the blanks for yeah. a couple things, like Toon's character. Yeah, it, it answers the questions at the end of one and answers the questions created in two. Yep. So it's a perfect one and a half episode out there. <laughs> Riddick one and a half. Actually, we should call it that. We should hey, let's change the title here. Riddick one and a half. Riddick one and a half. So check it out. Chronicles of Riddick Dark Fury is the full title of it. Uh, join us. For our regular Sunday show, we will be talking about the second film, The Chronicles of Riddick. And uh, Monday, there's a, or, uh, also on Sunday, we're going to talk about the latest Helix episode, Space Dandy episode. Uh, Monday, Almost Human Returns, and we will be talking about that. And on Thursday, we're doing a Red Dwarf special. We're going to go back and look at the origins of Red Dwarf with a radio show called Dave Holland's Space Cadet. I want to thank my friend, Mr. Brian Lee, for being here tonight. And Brian, where can we find you online? I can always find me on Twitter. It's at Brian Says. You can always find us over at SciFiWatcher.com. If you want to go order the Dark Fury DVD, head on over there. Click on the link. takes you to Amazon. doesn't cost you anything extra and also helps out the show. Also, all other information is over at SciFiWatcher.com. So if you want to get a hold of us or follow us on the social media sites, it's right all over there. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this special episode of Sci-Fi Watcher. Until next time, have a good one. (laughs) 